You're listening to Tabletop Arcanum, a podcast dedicated to learning and exploring the hobby of tabletop gaming. Your hosts are Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, so sit back and relax as we talk, discuss, and joke our way through the hobby we love so much. Welcome to Tabletop Arcanum with your hosts, Justin and Ricky. Today uh, we're coming at you with the exciting world of board game storage. That's right, you heard it here. We're going to be talking to you about inserts, outserts, and what to put it on. Whoa. Really? Uh, I guess so. Okay. I'm, I'm amped about this. Are you amped about this, Justin? I like putting things in a box. The question is, what's in the box? The box is in the box. Uh, so are your components, cards, and other things. So, you know, I guess it's not the head of your wife? Deba- debatable. Uh, we'll never yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely want to talk about storage today. Because if you start getting the hobby and you start getting too deep, you can start getting this collection of games. And then you need to find a place to put them. And then these games come with expansions. And it's really nice to have one box per game, not one box plus this expansion, plus that expansion, plus this add-on, plus this thing I found on the internet. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So it helps uh, come up with a couple other things. And uh, we'll also be talking a little bit about um, some of the advantages of especially the inserts for particular games. And we, I think we touched a little bit during our lexicon episode when we were talking about um uh set up and tear down times mm-hmm. where those inserts could be very beneficial so we'll we, we'll be touching a little bit more on that uh when we get to our main topic but first we should hit our role recap and talk about what we've been playing since we recorded and talked about the blackstone fortress and i'm gonna go first because you always have an onslaught of games and i don't have harry potter this time so <gasps> my list is very short but at the same time it's it's filled with great games. I played okay. uh, I played Boss Monster. Played a lot of Boss Monster. I've introduced it now to uh, my niece who is thirteen and my nephew who's actually seven. So quite a young crowd. It's a little bit hard to work with a seven year old because there's a lot of text you need to read and he doesn't understand necessarily all the mechanics. But he just had a blast with it anyways. He actually won a game. I kind of started chugging down my own dungeon so things would start going towards him gotcha. and not my niece. But just seeing him excited about it really made it good. Um, I did play... Uh, we got together this weekend and played Betrayal uh, Legacy. Yes. And that was a lot of fun. We're only about a third of the way through, but... I'm really, really enjoying it. Really enjoying it. Yeah. Um, we will be releasing, uh, once I get the time to edit, uh, the recordings of those games. The eight hours of recording we have for the four games we Over played. four games, so it's yeah. actually not too bad. Um, should probably pare it down to about an hour per, per game, mm-hmm. give or take. Some The later ones started taking longer because we started getting more and more stuff kind of un- unlocked, per se. Mm-hmm. The house mm-hmm. started expanding. We started having yes. more tiles so we can find more stuff. So the rough idea is the game is pr- 
prelude to the actual house, uh, Betrayal House on the Hill. You start in 1666, and you start with, like, maybe a dozen house tiles. Little tiny shack. And most of them are the outside. Mm-hmm. So it's like a tiny little shack, a couple rooms, nothing nothing too crazy in there. And each game you play, you get some more tiles to add to the stack, because over the years, and, like, we're talking, like, it's like 20, 30-year jumps. Mm-hmm. More of the house is uh, renovated and expanded, so it the story of the house has actually already grown. And in just four games out of uh, that we've played, we actually already have stories about them. Yeah, um, and a little bit of like uh, I think it was during game four it came out of like, oh wow, remember that tile in the original game that we're like, oh, I wonder whatever happened to that room. Mm-hmm. Well, we played the story of what happened to that room. And so um, I'll be really excited to do that. I do have to put a caveat. Yes, we did start another legacy game. And I do have the recordings for the Pandemic Legacy. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna uh, Once we get back to that I'll, I'll and get more games on that, I'll, I'll work on that one too. Uh, for now, I'm just going to kind of put that in the back burner. Again, my plan is to release these as side content and, and continue our regular scheduling programming. Mm-hmm. Um, so that people can listen to them or not at their will, because if you want to play the games, um, spoiler alert, I'm not really going to filter them too much. It's really hard to play that game and not be really excited about it. And yeah. Really about excited. It but process. also, also, um, it's hard to record those games and not spoil it because it is such a linear story or yep. it's like the choose your own adventure of. And, of betrayal. And your and, mileage, mileage may vary because we had to make some choices in the way some of our games went. Some of the choices we made and some of the way the games ended mm-hmm. definitely impacted what came next. Yeah. So. so very there's, excited. There's cards we threw out, destroyed, did all kinds of different things too. Got rid of that, a whole tile once. Yeah. Um, and then, last but not least, I was a foolish fool and I bought... Uh, Emperor Palpatine, and I also bought uh, the Royal Imperial, um, Imperial Guard for Legion because as if I didn't have enough to paint, and I keep telling people I'm painting, and I keep getting called out for not posting any pictures of my paintings. I still haven't seen a single painted picture yet. I've shown you one. You One? Was it? On, I've shown you one. Was it on the internet? It wasn't on the internet. See? Doesn't count. I'm a very private man. <laughs> that's my wife so um any other games <laughs> um other than that uh, i'm trying to think if i played anything else too too exciting um i played that rick and morty game again and unfortunately the name escapes me it was an okay game the kids love that tv show so i'm more than happy to sit down with them and run through it gotcha um, um oh uh, other very important question have you ever heard of the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? <laughs> you should talk to Palpatine about it. He knows all about him. I didn't know if you were looking for a specific response from me from that. Just nope. Like, <laughs> just wanted reaction. Uh, so Hopefully eventually they... Oh, I don't know if we announced, but... Oh, no, we did announce what? that they're coming out with... Uh, we talked about the new expansion they announced with Jin or so and yes yeah never mind then and we'll get to the this week's announcements when we talk about new items and new cool. items things too so 
so before we get too far ahead of ourselves, um, your roll recap. I've have... I've played a little Keyforge, not as much as I was a couple weeks ago. Um, slowed down a little bit on it, mm-hmm. which is probably for the better. Uh, in my sanity, uh, did get to bust out uh, the Reckoners, which was a Kickstarter I received a little bit ago, based off of the Brandon Sanderson uh, Reckoners book series, which is a co-op dice chucking game. A lot of fun there. Uh, got to try out the Heroes of Terranoth, which is the Fantasy Flight's reskin slash slight upgrade of their old Warhammer adventure card game. Mm. But since they lost the GW license, they had they had to kill that game. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of the replacement with a little bit of a fresh coat of paint and a little bit more tweak to the gears. I liked it. They're my only major issue, um, other than it's up to four players, and I have plenty of games that stop at four players, that I'm getting really, really sick of that restriction, because usually when I get people together, it's like five, six of us. So these four-player games have a hard time hitting the table. But the uh, character growth and upgrades that you can get in, in that don't really carry over from session to session so you kind of get your upgrade through the story and scenario that you're playing and then mm-hmm. everything resets the next time you play you don't really get the campaign feel out of it like you do in descent the board game same universe same characters same even subclasses i just kind of i want to see a little bit more of a campaign uh to it like uh, arkham horror has where things can persist mm-hmm. from game to game um, I, uh, this weekend I played a lot of digital scythe. Yeah. How, how is, uh, it is a very good translation of the actual board game into, uh, it's on steam and, and they do have like a tabletop simulator version of it where you're manipulating the pieces, but they also released a digital version where it's more point and click and like you, I'm going to move this guy to here and it animates it and does it for you. Games are fast. They're fun. Um, best of all, there's no shuffling, cleanup, setup, takedown. I can get through, I, I got through like four games of this weekend because I was just really getting used to it. Um, if you do try it out, I do recommend the tutorials, even if you know how to play Scythe, mainly because I had to figure out how the game wanted me to use the interface to do the things I wanted to do. Mm. It does a pretty good job of like, if you're going to like drop an action or like, Oh, you totally can do this other thing. Are you sure you want to end your turn? Like, it it tries to prompt you on that, but I had to figure out how to move a piece. It was kind of awkward at first. But but the tutorials do a very good job of showing that off and teaching you how to play the game at the same time if you're not familiar with the the board game. And then you talked about uh, Betrayal Legacy. Um, After you had left, we stuck around and played a couple more games played card line we pay which was uh timeline but based off of countries and their different stats like hmm. uh, square mileage population density that is way harder and i've re- i think everyone felt dumber at the table like we should really know our world geography and uh cultures and and at least like things a little bit better so um, a little bit tougher than the standard timeline. Played a game of Professor Evil in the Citadel of Time, which is always a fun um, co-op. And uh, busted out Gizmos and taught that to the guys, mm. too. So, 
lots of gaming, lots of fun. Uh, personally excited, Carcassonne comes out on the Switch on Friday. You've almost talked me into it. Mostly what you said was, Carcassonne's coming out on the Switch on Friday. And I said, huh, maybe I should pre-order that. Right. Um, so that was my role recap. Um, moving on to more news. And I, you know, talked about Carcassonne. We talked a little bit about uh, Legion stuff coming up. There's a couple big announcements for Legion. Big. Exciting. Just when I thought that I, you all know, I already knew that Chewbacca and the Wookiees were going to be coming out. Those should be out uh, by the end of the year, so sometime this month. Um, they did announce back at Gen Con it was going to be quarter four. Yep. Uh, but on top of that, they just announced... Uh, Director the, Kennick. Director Kennick and the Death Troopers. The Death then, Troopers look sweet. Yeah. And that was right on top of um, Jyn Erso and the Pathfinders. Yeah. Which... These models, all of them just look so great, and I'm so excited for it, but I just need to start painting so that when they come out, I don't feel guilty about buying more and more and more. Yeah. 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 But that's that's the that's the, the catch-22 of a, a hobby painter, mm-hmm. is there's always unpainted minis somewhere. Yeah, and they've been really also hyping up their... Uh, their um... We haven't seen any vehicles recently, though. I really want to. Believe, yeah, we haven't seen any vehicles aside from um, the ATRT speeder bike, and then I think uh, ATST were the only only ones out right now. Air speeder too. Air speed. Oh yeah, T forty seven. Yeah. Um, the, the the snow speeder, if you will. Yeah. We That's also, it. We also got those e web blasters and the oh I can't remember the the, other one the Rebel there. Blazer cannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I can't count those as vehicles. No, I know, but well, at least a lot more heavy artillery. And... Yeah, interesting stuff to put to the game, but where's the rest of our vehicles? Yeah, yeah. Where, where's the other neat stuff? We know you start looking at stuff like Warhammer, where they they make those extremely extravagant giant models, and I'm just waiting for one day where I can bust out a uh, ATAT, destroy the entire map. Yep. Um. But they uh, they also have been hyping up the uh, Clone Wars era uh, RPG. Yep. Fantasy Flight has been releasing a few things here and there, teasing it. And, and on the tail code of that, they were showing off Wave Three for X Wing Two Point mm-hmm. which is when the Repu- Galactic Republic and the Separatist factions are going to be added to the game, bringing that era to X Wing. I am. That may be what gets me into X Wing, unfortunately. Fortunately, unfortunately. Fortunately, I'll have a new X Wing pilot to face. Unfortunately, you're going to be spending money on X Wing stuff. Yeah. Don't worry. We'll get you through it. Don't tell my girlfriend. Um. So, on top of all of that, the other um, long awaited news that I'm really just waiting to happen at this point is the new deluxe box for the Game of Thrones card game. Uh, mm. The Greyjoy's um, deluxe box, because each house kind of gets their own big box. Mm. And ironically, it's still, quote-unquote, on the boat. So, I'm not sure when Greyjoy's are going to hit land, if ever at this point, because there are things that were on the boat listed with them, and then all of a sudden there other things are coming out, mm. but Greyjoy is still on that boat. The Kraken just, it likes it. it they like the water, that's all. Um, and very soon, 
uh, Wave 2, uh, next week, I believe it's the 12th, is when uh, Wave 2 of X-Men comes out. As well as, uh, I'm seeing a lot of really more stronger uh, ship dates for the Plat Hat Games uh, Gen 7. Mm. That's the, yes. the, the new Crossroads game that is coming off the tail end of uh, Dead of Winter, which is totally different, but uses that same Crossroads mechanic we talked about on our Gen Con episode. And I did again when I was talking about the Alliance Open House, and I got to demo it again. Mm. I'm really stoked for that game coming out, and it should be out before Christmas. So, yay. Um, hope to get to play a lot of that very soon. Yeah. Um, speaking of other new things... Today on Kickstarter was a whole bunch of new stuff this week. Uh, several and very long anticipated games and a couple other ones that are very interesting that have popped up on kind of a flash. Mm-hmm. Um, so the very first... Um, well, first things first, let's talk about the elephant in the room. It's not an and elephant. Not elephant. I'm talking about Dulosaur uh, Island and your Dinosaur Island... Um, Totally liquid. New arrivals. These things are beautiful. I love the art. I love everything about them. How hyped are you about this right now? Um, pretty stoked. I did get them today. Um, finally, the I didn't play for the split shipping, so everything came at once. But Dinosaur Island and Dulosaur Island came out together uh, for me. Did get to play Dinosaur Island already. It is a wonderful worker placement about building your own dinosaur theme park and making new dinosaurs out of genetics and. I think I've seen this someplace before, but it can't end badly, period. No, it's fine. Yeah, it's Billy safe. and the Clonosaurus. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so new on Kickstarter, um, recently launched was uh, by Simon was the Blood Rage Digital campaign. So they're making a digital version of the game Blood Rage. Mm. has essentially two pledge levels. There's the $15 digital pledge which gets you the the game on steam and to back the project so by the way this thing already funded so if you want blood rage on steam just toss them 15 bucks and they'll get you a code uh when it comes out that they're aiming for is uh end of next year so it might be a while but Mm, it's worth it um the other thing that they're doing is a physical viking pledge it starts out at 60 dollars, but they have a couple of uh add-ons to it it's a lot of the stuff, if you missed the first Kickstarter for uh, Blood Rage and picked it up at retail, jump on this. There is, not only you get the digital version, but you get uh, alternate sculpts for the four monsters that were Kickstarter exclusives. A officially, like, seventh clan to play that is going to be a Kickstarter, Kickstarter exclusive. Along with all the cards and things that go along with it so you can play five players. Um, all of the gods of Asgard are getting golden versions of themselves, which are Oof. not only like twice the size of the mm-hmm. original mini, but like put in like a nice gold plastic instead. Um, including the uh, first player token, which will be a nice 3D token in gold. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as those optional buys, you can also add on the 3D sculpted clan tokens for the original clans, which were an old Kickstarter exclusive, as well as, um, due to popular demand, they're putting a oversized playmat as an option. Beautiful. Much like they did when um, they did for Rising Sun. 
So definitely they're doing a very short campaign of this. Uh, as of today, there's still only four days left. So by the time I put this out, there may be only one or two days left. I apologize if this is the first time you're hearing for it, but jump on it. Blood Rage Digital. Um, already funded, so just give them the money that you want. Uh, yesterday, uh, Cultist Storm. A pretty interesting Lovecraftian game that had caught my eye. Uh, a lot of hype around it. It's still in its funding stage. Still has like 40 days to go, so... Um, they're about halfway, f uh, two-thirds funded at this point when I'm looking at it. So they're they're going to probably hit it, considering it's only been two days. Mm -hmm. um, they only have an all-in pledge, which is kind of on, on the high end. It's 139 It's a card game, love, homage to Lovecraft with a lot of narrative and story. Um, the game box itself is like this Necronomicon tome. Everything's kind of going to be like this all-or-nothing sort of game. Uh, Twelve different expansions, thousands of cards. Um, they even kept developing a uh, soundtrack, and they got a, a composer to do some like background music to it. I love when they go for those tiny little details. It's co-op, three to five players with uh, one to six with the expansions. So it will be eventually solo. But they um, they have a narrative mode. They have a behind the scenes mode. They're they're really trying to play into the Lovecraft board game phenomenon, but also trying to keep a lot of the narrative and a lot of the roots back to um, H.P. Lovecraft himself and the, the fact that it was a novel uh, or novellas mm -hmm. that started it all into this crazy hype that we have. So take a look at that. And then the big Kickstarter elephant in the room right now is uh, Tainted Grail, The Fall of Avalon by Awakened Realms. This thing funded in one minute. Good gravy. Uh, Co-op board game set in a grim uh, King Arthur world where Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table are all like gone, disappeared. And the darkness that they banished is like creeping back into the world. Uh, you play as like these up and coming uh, heroes that probably shouldn't be mm. in like this questing game. So uh, one to four players, two to three hours. Um, it's an open play system. The map itself you play out with like tarot size cards. So you kind of figure out what's going on. Um, Awaken Realms has done some really big stuff in the past. Uh, this War of Mine, Epic, uh, Lords of Hellas, and uh, it's not alien, but close enough that uh, there was rumors about a Fox uh, lawsuit <laughs> called Nemesis. Um, big, beautiful games. These are things that I'm not 100% sure are going to come to retail. So I always will say, yes, I would back it if it's interesting to you, because it may never see a retail shelf at that point. Um, they're a Polish company, so some of their games have hit retail, not all of them. And that that does it about for Kickstarter. That's our Kickstarter corner. Always so, fun, always good to see. You know, I, I love that we live in the day and age that we're, we're in where 
if you have an idea, you can really get out there and sell it, and you can actually have the support of the community come out. and Right. So let's go back into our main topic and talk about storage. Um, we're going to hit two major levels of storage. We're going to talk about inserts for board games to help organize the game itself. Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk briefly a little bit about storing the boxes of all the games of you know of your collection or so mm-hmm. inserts have been super popular mm-hmm. super popular I, I do i will say i do love seeing all the different inserts that take into account any expansions for a long time i was always no i need to have more boxes to make my collection look more impressive till you realize that okay i need this game and this expansion where'd that expansion go yeah so it's nice having everything all in one and Thanks to a bunch of either companies or the DIY community, um, this is starting to become more and more of a way for you to find ways to store what you want the way that you want it. Right. So, the big name that I kind of came across first when I started looking at board game solution options and, and seeing these inserts come through was Broken Token. Broken Token almost broke my fingers. I, um, I'm very familiar with them. Carrying... 40 pounds of wood through Gen Con, Justin. How All you doing? All the balsa. All the balsa. Don't worry, I have uh, about 40 pounds being shipped to me right now. You foolish fool. It's okay. They had it on sale at Black Friday, and I took advantage of it again. Fair enough, fair so enough. So I got a big staining assembly and varnishing, and yeah, I, I'm going to have to do a bunch of building for it. It'll be awesome when it's done. Um... And that's, that is the thing. They are unassembled balsa wood. Um, you can stain them. You don't have to. They're they're kind of pre-treated where you can just kind of slap them in the box. Some of them are complete replacements where they replace the game box itself. Um, like they have a beautiful Firefly crate. They have one for Rising Sun that's like that too. But they, you know, essentially the whole, it's supposed to be a complete storage solution from top to, from outside in. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, a lot of their stuff is in box keeps the original box you throw out the guts and then it stores everything including your token trays and things like that where you pull pieces of it out lords of Waterdeep is a really good example every player gets a little tray of their pieces and then i pull out another tray that has all of the um global components of all the mm-hmm. different cubes and all the different monies and the setup and takedown is so much faster because it's literally pull this tray out, hand it to you, put this over here, and boom, the game's set up. I don't have to go through baggies and storage to, to do so. Some games really, really benefit from this. When you have more and more pieces, uh, games like Feast of Odin or Caverna, uh, these Yui Rosenberg games that have so many pieces and so many tokens, look to these storage solutions to save you time. Mm-hmm. So Broker Token is the one that I personally favor. I've seen a couple others, but the majority of mine are, are Broken Token. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the first one I found, and a lot of the times they have the one for the game I'm looking for anyway, so I'll just keep going through them. Uh, their shipping is pretty pricey, because they are shipping 20, 30 pounds worth of balsa wood to you. So be prepared. Um, I always do mass ordering, where I try to bulk up as much as I can, or wait for them to do... An event, or... an event like I picked up a really big one, like you were saying at Gen Con. Because My fingers remember. Your fingers remember, but they offered free shipping to Gen Con. 
So all I had to do is go there and pick it up because I was already going there. So watch for deals like that. Um, uh, Daedalus Games also does wooden inserts as well. Um, I've seen a couple other inserts. I don't own any personally. They're a little bit fancier um, wood, it feels like. They're a little bit more that half step up. Not that you can't do it yourself mm-hmm. uh, with some nice staining and, and some TLC to a broken token, but Daedalus kind of sets the bar starting at that level. Um, and they their costs and their games are roughly comparable. Um, Go7 Gaming does inserts as well. Uh, Go7 has done some very interesting ones because they, they were the first one out there to do like um, the Eldritch Horror expansions. Um, so if one company doesn't have a game that you're particularly looking for, check some of these others because they don't all clone each other. They do different games at different times. So, mm-hmm. um, Folded Space is a newer one to me. They don't do wood. It's actually, it's, it's, it's pretty much folded cardstock and cardboard. But in such a way where it's like heavy and resistant and... and mm-hmm, like thicker stock and... Yep. And you can't get a splinter from it. That is, uh, so, that is a plus right there. Yeah. Super paper cut, maybe. Yes, probably. The paper cut that will never end. Um, So those are the big four that I've seen around mm-hmm. as far as the, the made... Kind of like pre-made the and pre-done. The companies that make them for you. Mm-hmm. Um, Broken Token, I know, was in stores at some points. Um, they had to go back to standard uh, single-channel distribution straight through their website. Um, or some third-party vendors that are Amazon, I think, have it now, too. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't keep up with the demand of like actual distribution chains. Which was unfortunate because um, I started seeing them in local gaming shops and it was great because it was, oh, you know, as from the retailer's perspective of, hey, you just got this game. Would you like the insert for it right now mm-hmm. and take care of your entire your your entire storage solution? Um, unfortunately, they just couldn't keep up with the uh, the demand mm-hmm. to have that much project out at, at once. So um, now. You did see the you, you mentioned some of the DIY DIY stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you definitely have things like three D printing, which has come a long way in the past, probably three or four years. Three four years, um, leaps and bounds in the last year too. Yeah, you have a lot of communities who are coming together and, and making stuff for certain games. Um, it is harder to find things specifically made, um, unless you're into some of the the bigger games. Um, yeah. But if you go out there into the community, you can find things that will work for certain things. If you need something for like a deck of cards or like something yep. for certain things. Another nice thing is at that point, if you're 3d printing something, why not also take that extra step, replace those cardboard tokens with 3d printed tokens. And then you have everything all in one. Yep. Um, another good one is uh foam core. Yes. Which the real DIY. The real, real DIY. The I'm not about to spend a couple hundred dollars on a 3D printer or pay someone a couple hundred dollars to 3D print me a bunch of stuff. Or I'm not 
up to paying 20 30 40 $50 for a broken token. Yeah. You know, the cost of the game to put an insert into it. Uh, let me just get something slapped together. And you know, it's effective. If it yeah. If it works, it works, and that's the thing. It, it works, and you can you can customize it any way you want. When we talk about foam core, we're talking about um, a whole community that that uh, that will take their games and they'll take uh, sheets of foam, cut it up, and make it specific to their needs when it comes to the game. Very nice for people who have those games that don't have the following that you wish that they had. Mm-hmm. You know. I love um, Harry Potter, and I have my problems with the box. But no one would, no one makes a, a box for you. You can't find a broken token. You can't find anything like that. Yeah, I could turn around and I can make my own foam core uh, organizer for the box and have everything all in one. Right. Um, and then we're gonna get into. I mean, your cheapest of the cheapest of the cheapest DIYs, and that's just. Putting stuff in baggies. Yes. And no matter what, chances are, even if you have an organizer in there, I'm still going to suggest these baggies. I mean, honestly, you really think about it, they cost you a couple pennies a piece. And, you know, if depending uh, on what you buy, I know I have baggies coming out everywhere from just my Star Wars Legion. I keep those around purposely just to store tokens. In. I do the same thing with X-Wing. Yeah. There's... So many different... So as you're collecting these games and as you're looking at these games, and they'll come with their little plastic bags for this component or that component, see if you can optimize it in a different way and then salvage those bags for the next game. Mm-hmm. Um, Dead of Winter, some of them actually even come with bags, like Dead of Winter. Mm-hmm. Dead of Winter actually comes with like more bags than I can even figure out what to do with in that game. There's literally, like, at one point I'm like, well... Zombies are in this bag. Survivors are in this bag. This one type of token, which there's only three of them, are in this bag. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the first player token could get its own bag. Like, yeah, there's more bags than you ever really need in that. So take a look. Um, you might even have games that have bags that you can recycle or, or spread out over a couple mm. games. Um, and nothing really... If Bush comes to shove, let's go get... Um, a, ba- a box of Ziplocs. The the Ziploc um, snack bags is the yeah. ones I like because they're like they're not the sandwich bag because I always found those too big. Yeah, they're like half. The, they're like half a sandwich bag. Half the height. Oh, so much better. Yeah. Because usually it's just tokens that you're putting in there, and you don't have that many tokens that a sandwich bag is enough, or it is way too much. So once I discovered those uh, snack bags, those were great. Mm-hmm. So. I'm a firm believer in bagging bagging everything individually, too. It makes startup and cleanup of a game so much easier. Because, oh, I need these tokens. Well, I have this single bag filled with them. Yep. Versus throwing everything back into the box and then having to split everything up before we play a game. So, top to bottom, we kind of went from the, the slightly more expensive end to the, the, the low-cost uh, DIY. Let's just get a solution now. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just ran to Walmart or wherever. I need this thing to look nice so that I don't go crazy if I lose something. Right. So the other piece that we'll we'll touch a little bit on, and probably not as in detail because there's not everyone's situations are going to be different, is how to display your collection or how to organize it 
the number one thing in the community there that comes across is the IKEA solution uh, called Kala. They call it the Kalex shelving system. Mm-hmm. They're literally cube, and they come in like various sizes, so you can get the the cubes themselves are thirteen by thirteen inches, mm-hmm. which fits almost every game box out there. There's a few oddballs like the big box uh versions of the queen games or twilight imperium not as much the fourth edition but third edition those big long boxes yes they don't really fit well the your your giant box of sentinels of the multiverse just sitting here technically that is slightly too wide to fit in there i'm looking at it no it'll fit i'm not gonna put it in there yeah don't put it in there but i'll it would fit um, so these calyx shelving, they come in like four wide by one high, you know, then four wide by two high, then mm-hmm. four wide by, I think they do three high, but they definitely do like four by four or, um, five by five is the really big one. Mm-hmm. So they come in different, uh, colors, they come in different sizes and they are, relatively stackable so if you need to expand and like drop one on top of another Mm. you can still do that Uh, one of the things i have seen people do for those larger boxes is the way the shelves are put together you can actually remove the center divider Mm -hmm. you have to you have to kind of make that conscious decision as you're assembling it but you can remove like a center divider here or there to create like a double wide space Mm -hmm. i've seen it work now this is an ikea furniture so Yes, you have to put it together yourself. If you, it, I always consider IKEA adult Legos. I have a lot of fun with it. Not everybody has that same joy with IKEA building as I do, and I understand that. I've actually had friends invite me over to build their IKEA furniture for them, because they don't enjoy it, and they know I do. All I do is, all I suggest is just make sure to wood glue everything. Yeah, because you don't want to be two years down the line and you bump into it and then you realize that it's very shaky. You wood glue it; it stays together forever. Now, um, I have seen some alternate versions of these things come out because IKEA kind of set the the popularity track. I've seen this version at Target and Walmart. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see anything wrong with those. They're a little bit on the cheaper end, so you're, the quality of it staying together might be a little bit more questionable in the long run. Mm-hmm. But they're the same size and about two-thirds the price. Yeah. And I've seen uh, people in the community say, hey, I just used the ones I got from Walmart. They're doing great. Yeah. We're just lucky enough to live within like an hour of two separate Ikeas that for some reason are like 20 minutes apart. And then it's yes. Ikea, Ikea-less land for hundreds of miles. Yeah, that sounds about right. There's other things I've seen. Bookshelves uh, can be done very well. The only thing I I would caution with a a bookshelf solution is watch the weight of Mm. the games that you're putting on the shelves because those bookshelves are meant for books, which, yes, can hold weight, but it's not the same as a board game. It's going to be distributed differently. Yeah. If you have those ones that have the... uh... The peg fit, and then you put the shelf on top of it. If you start stacking a lot of weight in the middle and don't distribute it, it's going to split that right in half, and the whole thing's coming down on you. Or it's just going to bow, and then you have to flip it over every, like, 
two months. Yeah. I've had to do that before with other things. So, um, just take a look at what you've got. Um, there's a lot of different shelving, um, closet organizers I've seen mm-hmm. being used very well. So it all depends. What do you want to do? Do you want to display your stuff? Do you want to closet it like we used to back in the day? Hide your shame. It's not shame. <laughs> or is it? You decide. Yeah. Um, the only other piece I would say is another solution. And I've seen people split on this. Mm-hmm. I live in an apartment complex or my wife doesn't like this hobby and I need to condense my stuff because these boxes take up space. There's no denying it. Yeah. There is a, there was a, it was a Kickstarter at first and I think you can still order it because they, they finally got essentially the startup money to Mm go. Uh, A solution that I've seen a couple of my friends who have larger collections or limited space use called BitBox. Bit being the pieces of the game, box being a box. You can take any board game and put it in a bit box, and it will probably reduce it by 75% space. Mm-hmm. The boards, like the cardboard board game board itself, gets slid in one spot, and then everything else goes in these little cardboard, like mini boxes, like you would for your magic cards or things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And then it's all modular. You handwrite what is in it. I've seen people cut out the pictures and paste the pictures on the outside, kind of like a library system. But you can take the collection that would fit in a calyx down to a quarter of what mm-hmm. it used to be. You are getting rid of the core boxes. You're not. It's not going to have the art of the box or anything like that. It, you're literally getting rid of all the pieces and taking just the bits of the game into the system. That's where I've seen the split on because people really like board game boxes. They're very nice. They're very pretty. But... If space is a feature, mm. this is a way to get rid of a lot of yeah. excess space. Not everyone is like you, Justin. Not everyone can have their own board game room that we're currently sitting in. Right. Walls lined with board games. Some people don't have all the space they have in their room, and they have to fit a bed, a desk, and so much more. Yes. I'm not harping on you. I love the board game room, and I'm actually very jealous because once I get my own... Board game room, I'm probably going to be way too old. Yeah, not everybody has a, a room that they can dedicate to the hobby. Mm-hmm. I get that. That's why I've, I'm not against people using BitBoxes. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful solution. And I, honestly, right now, you have a whole room dedicated for games. And you don't have enough room for all these games. It's because I have to do a lot of reorganizing. Yeah, you do. And work has been a little too heavy for me to do that. I don't blame you. Um, I'm just judging you to the fullest extent of my imagination. Oh, that sounds right. That sounds right. Um, so that is what I would say is some of the, the more popular or more mainstream storage solutions. Anything that you can make happen work, do it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's your stuff. Find a way to store it. Well, only other thing I would suggest is also double check with a manufacturer that you love that has multiple games out. Because you will be able to find the one-off um, where the manufacturer knows, hey, we've we've put out a lot of stuff in the past uh, in the past few years, and you bought a lot of stuff in the past few years. Let's give you something to put everything into. Um, I mean, the biggest one that anyone's ever going to know is going to be Cards Against Humanity put out the the 
was it bigger blacker box that had all the room for all the cards yes but then we go into things like um, boss monster has a nice big box to put all your cards into um, sentinels of the multiverse you and like we just talked about mm-hmm. that is a very nice setup um scythe mm-hmm. has the legendary box which holds not only scythe but all the expansions into it um and on that note there's also a mystic veil uh conclave box does that as well as Smash Up. So, mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes the board game companies realize that we're going to release a quote-unquote expansion with a very few components, if not anything. Mm-hmm. It may just be an empty box to store your crap in. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, there's different solutions for that. And sometimes those are very nice and pretty, so I, I do enjoy them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the only other suggestion I have is go check your local craft store. Because you never know. I love... Um, I mean, I do a lot of stuff with miniatures, and I've done lots mm. of stuff with miniatures for a long time. So um, that also any reminds kind me, of... Plano boxes. Plano boxes. If you don't like baggies, Plano boxes. Oh my god, yeah. those things are so useful. Yeah. For tokens, and, and then you just kind of like sit on the table, pop it open, and there's all your tokens for yeah. the game. And so, uh, get creative with it. Um, you can definitely find some things that help out, like uh, the Plano boxes. They also have. Um, uh, jewelry boxes are great for minis or mm. uh, tackle boxes, like uh, tackle boxes you take out for fishing. Yep. There are a lot of people who just go and buy those purely for taking X-Wing to and from the game shop. I have a tackle box for my X-Wing. Exactly. So It lives in there, and I, I'm going to need a bigger tackle box because there's three more factions coming. Four, four more factions coming for 2.0. Technically, two of them already exist, but they're getting their own factions. Yeah, I didn't really think out this whole Star Wars Legion thing. Cause nope. Because once everything's all said and done, I'm going to need to get some real nice foam. Uh... Yep. What is that foam? Uh... Pluck foam. Pluck foam, yeah. Yeah. Which also, again, if pluck foam. If you're a miniatures uh, person or want to paint your own miniatures for these board games and want to make sure that they don't scuff against each other and and destroy the beautiful painting job you did mm-hmm. yeah foam pluck foam is a very good tray yeah so lots of different store solutions lots of different options out there for you um anything else i think that's it for me i mean we've gone over quite a bit and i know a lot of the the brand names are quick because honestly, just go look them up, see if they have what you want. Otherwise, yep, you're stuck like we've been for years upon years, where it was up to us to figure out how to store the stuff that we loved. It's true. So, so uh, next episode, we'll be talking about um, pimping out your game, upgrades, and things you could do to take that cardboard token, cardboard piece, basic, boring miniature and dial it up to 10 and make your basic game a little more swanky that's what i like to hear i love swanking up the place till next time this is justin and this is ricky roll on just roll on just roll on just keep on rolling You've been listening to Tabletop Arcanum, hosted by Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, and featuring the original music by Paul Moore and Isaac Gilbert. You can follow us on most social media platforms. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. 
As always, thanks for listening.